want to be empowered with the Holy Spirit? Are you in need of an uplifting message? It's time for today's Uplift, encouraging words and biblical truths to help you find freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I, don't think, I don't think we I don't think we told I don't think we told Phil about your news about your 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 new uh career there, Robert. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. So I, I am uh I will be uh a CBN person. I'll be on the phone uh praying for people. So no kidding. Yeah, so that's uh that's one of the things I'll be doing and uh doing that in conjunction with pastoring here. So so that's, hey, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, I was, I, I'm pretty excited because I usually end up with something like a retail thing doing that. And I hate that. That's that drives yeah. me crazy. So yeah, but, yeah. You know, praying for people on the phone. Now that, that is something I can do. Yeah. <laughs> you can so minister. How, yeah. How'd you land that job? Obviously um, God helped, but. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't claim to do anything on my own. Everything that happens yeah. is the Lord. But, uh, Amen. but I, well, I was, I, uh, remembered Regent university cause I graduated from there a while back mm. and I remember CBN and I had been looking for something I could do on the side. And I was like, you know, I haven't checked with them for a while. And they had recently opened up South Carolina operators. No kidding. And I was like, how about that? So I applied and. I actually forgot about the job because it took about a month or two for them to get back with me. Mm. And I was like, I literally forgot that I had applied. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. But you're going to be able to do it from home, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll be able to do this from home. So it's, it's pretty exciting. So that is really cool. Yeah. Great. Uh, That's really awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah. So we've been to a lot of people. Yeah. Yes, yes, they're that's they said 85% of the calls are prayer requests. Mm-hmm. I believe it. So, uh, yep, gonna throw a little James 5 at them, <laughs> tell them uh, to pray for themselves. That's that's, that's yeah, be like, uh, okay, guys, so I'm gonna read this scripture to you, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. but you know, you said you don't take credit for anything, I, I really appreciate that. And, um, I was just reflecting on this while I was away. Um, I think it was last Friday night thinking about my job, you know, cause I hadn't taken um, a day off. Like, well, I, I guess I did take a couple days off in, in April, but um, this was like taking a day off when I really shouldn't have, because it was right in the middle of a, a tight deadline coming up for a project I'm working on. But I was so glad that I did. Cause I, first of all, I was with my family, but anyway, long story short, I was thinking about how I even got this job and Chad knows a little bit of the story, but, um, the place I was working, they put a person over me, um, that was a micromanager, uh, very little self-esteem, just took credit for a lot of things, unless it was something wrong, then it was blame game, just all around bad manager. Um, but anyway, a friend of mine that I used to work with, he called me, he said, Hey, um, I'm looking to hire someone. Would you be interested? 
And I said, I don't know. I told him first, I said, no, I'm not ready to move. I was ready to move, but I said, I'm not really ready to move. I didn't want to go back into doing software development. I, I had gotten out of it for about four years and I didn't want to go back into it. And that was me, but it was fear because a lot of, a lot changes in the IT world in four years. So I thought, oh, yeah. yeah, I can't, I can't go back into that now. Well, anyway, I prayed about it and I really, really felt the Lord was leading me to take this job. And I thought, I'll take this job and then they'll move me out from underneath this manager and keep me and, you know, the come and save the day. And so I'll give a four weeks notice that way to give them time to, to save the day. It never happened. Four weeks passed and I quit the job. And then uh, <laughs> it just so happened in that first week I was gone, they posted a job posting that I was very interested in at the bank. And I applied. So, okay, here it is. I'm going to go back now. And that didn't happen. I actually mm -hmm. had an interview, but uh, the guy that interviewed me, it was somebody that I used to report to when I first started at the bank. He's like, I just don't know if this is the right job for you. I think you'd be bored. And it's like, I want to come back. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I struggled for like a couple months. You know, did I make the right decision? Well, yeah. finally it hit me. The Holy Spirit just grabbed hold of me and said, look, I gave you this job. I moved you away. You were asking me to help. I moved you away into a better job. And then from <laughs> that point on, yeah, that point on, I, was, I loved my job. I got into it more and I, I said, okay, God, well, I said, you know, I got these fears. Next thing you know, it was like, almost like the gift of knowledge for IT world because I'm coming up with these ideas and I'm like, hey, I can do this. I can do this. How did I know that? You know, I knew it was God and I yeah. was thanking him. And so, you know, this is a, a year and well, let's say 14 months into this new job and probably the best job I've ever had. Yeah. And I thank God for it all the time because I, at the time I didn't see where he was leading me, but wow, what incredible wisdom of the Lord and, and the way he worked things. And, and now I'm, I'm highly respected at this place and, yeah. um, really enjoying the work I'm doing. And yeah. I actually looked forward to coming back to work after having a couple of days off mm -hmm. really did. So wow. that's my testimony. When you love your <laughs> job, you never work a day in your life. Right. So. That's right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I actually had to force myself to quit at five 30 today. Cause I said, look, you've been going at it for nine yeah. hours now. Mm -hmm. It'll be here tomorrow. But I was that's having nice. so much fun. <laughs> so well, I said yeah, one of the things that the Lord has really showed me was like I kept, you know, and, and realizing this as a pastor, this the immature leadership takes credit for stuff that you you really don't have any business taking credit for. Yeah. Because the Lord yeah. is leading you and yeah. doing these things, and then he's leading others. And then a pastor never does anything on their own. Like it, they have to have the work of the people in order mm -hmm. to accomplish mm -hmm. anything that God wants to do, right? Absolutely. So a pastor, a pastor can cast the vision, but if people don't catch the vision, there's not a lot that's going to happen with it. Right. And so, so one of the things that the Lord was showing me, cause I, I remember like, I get frustrated sometimes like, but God, I know you want to do this. I know you want to do yeah. this. Right. And, yeah, and I get yeah. frustrated with like, so, you know, I, and I'll, I'll start using the word I a lot. Well, I like to, I, you know, this and, that, and God will be like, what's this I business? Like, what, <laughs> what is this? 
mm-hmm. you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I hear you. Right. And so the, the, uh, it's, it's both the beautiful and frustrating part that yeah. ministry is really about people. Mm-hmm. It is both the beauty of it and the frustration of it. And it's like, because if people catch it and we all work together in God's kingdom, man, it creates, God does amazing things. Absolutely. But, but then the frustration is, is when we don't catch it and we are stuck doing the eye stuff and, you know, and then it's, and then it does something else. Right. And so, so ministry, like uh, there's a couple of rules. Like I, I, I tell a lot of folks at the church, I'm like, here's one thing I know. I know that this guy right here is not going to be able to do anything by myself. Either we're all in this together. So I'm like, we either win together or we fail together. Mm-hmm. And, and so therefore pastoring is really about equipping. And the other mm-hmm. thing is, I know that I'm not going to be there forever. I'm either going to die or God's going to move me on. Mm -hmm. Right. So what does that mean? That means that somebody has to take on the the leadership role and the mantle of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so my leadership is not defined uh, right now. It's going to be defined by the legacy that's left. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, and so it's, it's really, there's no, there's no credit in this thing. It's like either God's going to help us to move forward together or we're going to like choose against the Lord and not do it. Right. And so it's going to be those kind of things, but success right. is really Absolutely. his. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, it, it, that is so true because I really, when I came back to um, pastoring the church that I'm at now, um, many people who watch us know that I had stepped down for a short time. And when I came back, we were beginning the whole disaffiliation process. And I know you guys talked a little bit about that last week, but um, I really felt the Lord tell me that let the people run it. Don't, don't try to take control. And, you know, I was there to help out and I offered, I was a part of the team, but it wasn't like I was driving at all. And I just kind of sat back and watched how everybody worked together and everybody did their part. And it was really a beautiful thing to watch. And when when God's people, like, I think that's what you're trying to get as a pastor. You want people to capture that because when they all work together and all those giftings together and God is moving, it is the greatest thing you're going to see in life. It is absolutely really amazing. Because think about who we're dealing with. We're talking about God here and he's, he's giving, like you said, the gifts and the, and the abilities and everything. And he's opening people up to these things. So of course it's going to work well, but you know, oh, yeah. you get people that don't catch the vision or somebody who tries to do it all. Oh yeah. Just look at like King Josiah. Perfect example. He, he, he reestablished the Levites. He reestablished the priests. He didn't do it all. He kind of brought the whole team together. He realized he cast the vision. He realized, Hey, look, we haven't been obeying the law. We haven't had Passover for hundreds of years. Let's get it together. And it was a beautiful thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Nehemiah, right? He's not trying to build yeah, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. So everybody yeah. has Good the example. responsibility of building the wall. Right. 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 So, yeah. So, Chad, the next time you're filling in for me. <laughs> you know, I'm very thankful to have you, Chad, and and others and Kathy and 
um, and others that will step up and fill in for me because, you know, in years past when I needed someone to fill in and I'm calling people on a list, mm -hmm. it was difficult. Oh, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. But it's great to have people that will hear the Lord's voice and say, hey, I want you to do this. And then they step up and do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. You wait, Phil. You just wait. Next time I get up there, I'm going to lead the whole congregation in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm just okay. gonna... <laughs> Oh, man. Make sure I'm there. You know what? I love it. That's what I'm talking about right there. <laughs> I'm sitting in the front pew this weekend. You're on. <laughs> i won't be nice. the first one to catch it <laughs> yeah we're gonna we're gonna do the make first sure, make sure somebody videos this i want to see the move of the spirit <laughs> oh, we do <laughs> well what i was going to say is here's what we'll do since since robert is the assembly of god pentecostal here's what we'll do we're going to do this some sort of video joint church service thing where you know like it's going to be some video zoom thing yeah where we, we can have both that. yeah we could have both things and, and robert's just going to do it both for both churches uh, <laughs> you know what we'll although his him. church his church probably doesn't have to do it but they're just going to play along nice <laughs> so ours will <laughs> we'll call listen, it the I'll, Methodist. <laughs> denomination doesn't matter you know what yeah. Matt? people the, their heart is always the same either people are willing or they're not right so there's a lot of people that even though they come to a pentecostal service don't feel secure enough to allow the holy spirit to really be unleashed yeah. they get yeah. really scared like it's the same thing of like us praying to the lord i'm, I'm scared of giving god my life he's going to call me to africa mm. and I, yeah. I i always i kept telling like folks that i know like believers i'm like i don't know what it is about africa that's so terrible like but that's <laughs> like that when we think of like where we don't want to be called it's always africa right like i don't want to go to africa right <laughs> central america's okay but not africa right? <laughs> it's the so, unknown we have just offended all the people who live in Africa. <laughs> our apologies. Yeah, our apologies. We're so sorry. We have used you for years. Yes. <laughs> oh. That's funny. So you think we could call that a Methecostal service? Yeah. <laughs> or That's a Pentadist. Funny. That's funny. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, another you just triggered another memory for me i had so much fear when i when i switched jobs and it was because mm -hmm. you know it felt like i had to perform you know yeah. i hadn't done this for four years i had to step up to you know they know i had the experience of doing software development but i hadn't done it for four years and that that was irrational fear because when i finally let go and let god lead me sword well he he carried me it wasn't i he carried me it, yeah. so yeah you mean but that's the hindrance that we have i don't think we realize how much god is involved in those things yeah like, like jesus yeah. says hey, there's only one route you can take for rest for your soul and he says it's his yoke and it's his burden, right? You have mm -hmm. to give him your burdens and, and, and your, you know, the yoke that he's going to put on you is light. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the reality is like, what we find out is 
is like all of a sudden Jesus says, if you do this, he says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. If you're obeying him and following him, that's what you can expect from the king. And then he says, but when you do that, you find rest for your soul. Mm -hmm. Right. So the reality Absolutely. is we keep battling with ourselves, and we make it about ourselves, and we think it's our performance and our, but Jesus isn't about our performance. Mm -hmm. It's something else. It's about our obedience. Like, are you just going to do what I'm asking you to do? Right. When he called Moses into Egypt to deliver the entire nation and, and run the nation of Israel, it, it was not, he wasn't expecting Moses to do those things. He tells right. Moses, I'm going to use you. I mean, I, I want you to go. But it was for, it was for his, it was for God's glory and Moses's benefit. Mm. Right. So when we don't do that, when we don't follow that, we make it about ourselves. Man, it's we we miss out on the benefit the Lord's trying to give us. We miss out on His glorification through us, uh, and and we just don't realize what's going on there. Right? It's that performance-driven mentality. Probably one of the hardest things for Christians to do is give up the performance, and oh yeah, because because there's we we want the control. You know, we we no. we 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 are comfortable. We're most comfortable when we're controlling everything in our situation. And, and at the root of that is fear, because mm -hmm. we have fears of, you know, not performing or fears of getting fired from our job or fears from, it, you know, uh, not being able to provide for our family or fears for whatever. So we have to perform, you know, and, and this and, and it's ingrained in us since we're kids. I mean, when we when you go off to school, it's like you got to get good grades. You got to do this. You got to be able to get good enough grades to get on, go on to the next grade and, you know, graduate school and then, you know, college. Well, you got to perform in college and then you got to perform in your career and you got to perform and you got to perform and you got to perform. And and it God is, from our standpoint, sort of opposite of that. It's just, you know, hand everything to him and, be, you know, as Christians, that's a hard thing to do because, you know, that's kind of like goes back to the, it's it's uh, easier to, to go through the, the eye of the needle, which Phil explained, you know, the, 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 the narrow gate. It's easier to go through the, you know, it, it's hard to go through that narrow gate and all those sorts of things because, and that's why it's because you know, we're, we, we feel like it's on us. Everything's on us, whether our success and our, our well-being and everything is on us. And if we don't do this and if we don't do that, then we're going to fail. And, yeah. you know, it's a, it's, and it, it's the most difficult, probably the most difficult thing that I've had to try to, and I'm still not there, but try to, okay, God, here you go. I can't bear this any, any longer. Well, like a lot of things God says is like counterintuitive to us because we've just been taught something else. Like Matthew 6, right? Matthew 6, <laughs> at the very end of Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God. All these things shall be added to you. Well, what things? Right. <laughs> Did anybody ever ask the question, well, what things? Well, all the things he just mentioned. What was that? Yeah. Clothing, food, right? All these, all these things we need. God already promised you're going to have it. Don't worry about it. Yep. Well, we always worry about that stuff. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. 
God is literally trying to reprogram our brains and our hearts to literally seek him first so that we hmm. will see his activity in our life. Mm -hmm. What's happening is a lot of people are going through life. They're so performance driven. They never see God's activity in their life. They never, it may happen, but they may not even recognize it yeah. because literally they are focused somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so they cannot see that the hand of God doing these things. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, things that we would attribute to something else or like, you know, these kind of things, but but the reality is that like the Lord is wanting us to, to literally re like change our entire life. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about the gospel, it is, it is, it's all about you being not, not a better person, but a completely different person, mm -hmm. right? The Holy spirit's not going to make Chad McLish a better guy. He's going to rebirth him. Mm -hmm into mm -hmm. a kingdom that is not this one right? right like this it's a completely this is why the the scripture says if any person's in christ they're a new creature the whole point of christianity is not that you become a nicer person or you become a you know i mean I, you should probably be end up that way but the reality is that's not what god's trying to do he's literally trying to make us a new creature Mm -hmm. and that's it goes against what we've learned it's like the reason we struggle with it is because the world does not operate that way and we have learned learned the world's ways and the holy spirit's trying to teach us his ways mm -hmm. the world says to us i have to stop doing x i have to get better at i yes. have to oh. and it's i i i no 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 let god yeah. lead you into being better at or stop doing because he will but yeah. you've got to let him mm -hmm. and yeah. the minute you try to do it on your own you're walking on a treadmill you're not going anywhere you can go as fast as you want but you're not going anywhere and yeah and and when robert's talking about you know a new creature we're talking spiritually first at least you know, oh, yeah. you're, it's, it's your, it's yeah. your spirit. You're cause you're the same human being. Like, it's like, okay, this is still my face. These are still <laughs> my eyes. This is still uh -huh. my ears. Yeah, right. like, yeah, it, yeah it, sure. It's, yeah. It's yeah. spiritual. Like it, you're the same yeah. person. You you have the same mind, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's like, okay, but you, you start, you, you know, hopefully the, you, your heart starts to change towards things. It's like, no, you know, I'm not going to go do this anymore. I'm going to do this over here, you know, whatever. That's what the Holy Spirit's doing. Like when God, when, when you receive Christ, right, what happens, that new creature, the Holy Spirit comes in. And this is what makes God different than what the world does, right? The world's going to give you a 12-step program, right? You go to a bookstore, there's a million books on self-help. Mm-hmm how to help ourselves, right? How, what mm -hmm. to do, right? We have all these wise things that we think we can do. And all that is really just coping. Mm -hmm. You're trying to figure out how to live with the situation. And that's not what the Holy Spirit's doing. The Holy Spirit is literally coming inside of you and he's changing your desires. Mm -hmm. He's literally changing who you are as a person to, so that your desires eventually match up with what the Lord desires. Mm -hmm. 
and it takes time and it, and it's and it's as we submit to him like he's willing to change those things and mm-hmm. it takes time as he does that but what happens is 30 years from now you're going to be a completely different person like the things you desire 30 years from now mm-hmm. if you're walking with the lord are not going to be the things you desired 30 years earlier yeah, so true it's literally so it's not just a coping it's literally a transformation mm-hmm. like your desires are Right. So it's what makes God different than like AA, right? And Alcoholics Anonymous. Well, Alcoholics Anonymous is going to be there's a 12 step process you've got to go through so that you you we can't change the alcoholism in you. The reality is you're going to have to walk through this and you're always going to desire this, but this will help you not to do this thing. Mm-hmm. When the Holy Spirit comes in, he's literally going to start transforming their hearts against it. Yeah. Their desire will change. Absolutely. And so that's that's that new creature, right? Like that's what Jesus is talking about. Your desires will change. And it's not because you said, I want my desires to change. Well, you may say that, but I mean, it's not because you made your desires change. It's because the Holy Spirit did it in you. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that we, I really, I struggled with. You know, I really felt like I had to do this and then God would would reward me. no. God, he stopped me one day and he said, what are you doing? I am going to do this in you. And you are going to fall on your face if you try. Mm-hmm. Really changed my life forever once I realized that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so often we just need to chill out. You know, I mean, we really just do. I mean, we 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 ramp up all this stuff and these thoughts in our head and all these things and these expectations. There you go, Phil. I'm going to throw the word expectation back to you. We have these expectations of all these things. And, and, you know, people think, Oh, I got to quit my job or I got to do this, or I got to go, you know, God, you know, most people, God's not going to change their, their living situation. You know, he's just going to change how you interact with other people in your situation for the most part, you know, now there are people that are going to get sent to the Congo, wherever that is, or, (laughs) (laughs) but it's probably not going to be you. It's probably going to be the person that's specifically gifted for that and and has a heart and a desire to do it and all those things. That's it, right? Like he'll have a heart and desire, like he'll put that desire in them. Yeah. They're not going to dread it. They're going to be like, yes, I get to go to the Congo, right? Like, this is what I I feel like the Lord's been calling me to do. The reality is like, that's what he's doing, right? And performance-driven Christianity is going to stop you from enjoying the relationship with the Lord. Amen. What, What causes us to change is we start to fall in love with the Savior. And from that love, we just start changing like we just love our god and he changes us Mm -hmm. to to match it's a love response right and so the reality is like we we think we we start doing this performance thing and so we get we say okay lord i want to be saved i want you to change i want you i want forgiveness and then performance driven christianity is not grace performance driven christianity is oh no i sinned and I wonder how many, this is the question performance-driven Christians ask. How many sins can I do before I lose salvation? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. that's that's the wrong, that's completely, that's not even a biblical question. Like, that's a incorrect question. 
So you're not going to get a proper answer to your question because your question is wrong. It's your question that's wrong. Mm. So you're, you're, you're thinking yeah. performance-wise and God's thinking grace. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is the grace that saves you is the same grace that keeps you. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to set you free to enjoy a reconciled relationship. Mm-hmm. And instead, we, we, so we attach so many things to it that it's like, oh, it's just, it's just you know, it becomes frustrating and it, and it causes us to, instead of, instead of enjoying that love with the Lord, it's like, oh, we, we wrestle with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've got a question for the audience. If you were to die tonight, would you go to heaven? And if you say, I hope so, or you say, I think so, or I don't know, then you look at yourself and see if you're not caught in some kind of performance-based Christianity. Because the answer is yes. Because what Robert just said, his grace that saves you is the grace that, that sustains you and moves you forward. And that grace that saves you, saves you, not you. It's God's grace. It's Jesus' sacrifice. So the answer is yes. Not I hope so. Not I think so. It's a definitive yes. That's it. John 1, 12. But whoever did receive him, those trusting in his name, talking about Christ, whoever receives Jesus, he said to these, he gave the right to become children of God. Mm. Yep. Right? It's just that simple. It's just that simple. There there was locally, there was somebody who recently passed away, prominent person in the community. And uh, someone said about him, I hope God accepts him. Oh, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, yeah. no, God accepted him. Mm-hmm. He's in heaven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it just, it really hurt me to hear that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because people don't, people really don't understand salvation. You yeah. know, and they don't. Okay, <laughs> I'll try not to take up a half an hour by myself by this and get on. Go for step. it, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Discerning the body of Christ, and and there's two forms of the body of Christ. There's you know Jesus's body that you know was sacrificed on the cross, and then there's the body of Christ, which is the church. But discerning what Jesus did for us on the cross. Most Christians get an F. They fail. And, and you know, that's the thing as churches and, and as Christians and as people who minister to people and all that sort of thing. This is something that we really need to address with Christians, most Christians, because a lot of people still don't understand what Jesus' uh, sacrifice on the cross did for all of us what it means in their life and how do they how do they accept it and apply it you know if jesus if you confess that jesus christ is your lord savior and that he died on the cross for you that's it if you believe that in your heart and you confess it that's it and and you know it's described a lot of ministers or pastors will describe it like okay imagine this bank account Imagine that somebody deposits $100,000 in a bank account and hands you the debit card and says, okay, start start using your debit card. I've given you $100,000, start using it. 
that's kind of like the the closest kind of analogy that I can think of. You know, we have it. You know, we have it. We accept it. We don't have to go and check. You know, there's no one that we have to go and check with. It, it's in the book, and His word is truth. So when 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 Jesus died for us and sacrifice, you know, that sacrifice that happened for us as Christians. Once we believe that, confess it, believe it in our heart, we have it. Game over. So then from that point on, everything that happens is back to Robert's point of this this transition process, you know, this process of 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 creating the the reborn, you're reborn. It's it's recreating the new spiritual version of you. And you know, uh God performing a work in you in your life. But most people don't realize that. They're still out there trying to, well, if I'm not baptized, well, what does that mean if I'm not baptized? Or what about <laughs> this? Or I didn't go <laughs> yeah. through the ceremony at church. Well, it all, yeah. you know, wonder wonder if that person Phil talked about that passed away. Wonder if he wonder if he went through the baptism ceremony in his church. Yeah. Hey, like I got news for you. All that performance. Right. Performance based, yeah. right? Yeah. That's yeah. right. That that guy that was on the next cross next to Jesus there, when he was he didn't have a water baptism or any church service. He was he Jesus says, You'll be with me in paradise. That man was the member of no synagogue. He was rightfully charged with theft and murder. Right, hanging next to Jesus. Right, he he tells him. He says, "We're rightfully charged." He tells the other guy, "It wasn't accepting." Yeah. Yeah. And he's just he's just there. He's literally receiving Jesus on his deathbed. Right, right. And Jesus tells him, "You'll you'll be with me today." You'll be right. Yeah. Like this is it's just it's just that simple. Was not baptized. Was not right. And because I think we get we get the beginning of the relationship how that relationship with god starts confused with the wrestling of the relationship so what happens is like let's consider this before you know jesus you don't have a relationship with the lord doesn't exist and therefore you don't hear his voice mm -hmm. Now, what's interesting is after people receive Christ, they start to recognize that relationship. And then what's going on is when they start wrestling with that, like they start, oh, man, I want to do this or I want, I want to make sure I'm right with the Lord in this. And they start wrestling. When they do something wrong or something bad, they go, oh, no, I must not be saved. Well, wait a second. The relationship still exists. Have you forgotten that you still have the ability to hear from the Lord? So the establishment of the relationship is not the same as the walking it out, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And the reality is the establishment of the relationship is very clear. God wants to reconcile his relationship with people. And that is one way through Christ, the confess, confessing of your sins, receiving of Christ and what he's done on the cross, you're going to be saved. Mm -hmm. But the walking that out, Yes, that's a wrestling. You are struggling with the growth process of that. And so we and even that's not a performance straight, you know, situation. You know, a relationship is a relationship. Right. And it's like, you know, it's I can't imagine. Could you imagine if you in a in a marriage it was all performance based? Oh man. Mm. 
I mean, could you imagine like, I mean, what would that say? Like, oh, my wife gets sick, therefore I must divorce her. Because her performance level has dropped severely, right? Like, I mean, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we 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 don't think about relationships in our society that way. Mm-mm. We only do that with the Lord. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, yeah, and you know, but back to your point about, you know, uh, a point you were making earlier. This is something to think about. Sin cannot take away your salvation because if you believe in Jesus and if you believe what he did for us on the cross, he atoned for all the sin. So you can't sin your way out of salvation if you believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. It's impossible. Right. Correct. Now, there, is, there is no measure for grace. There's right. No, right. That's if right. There was a measure like somewhere in there, you could actually start comparing yourself. Well, I'm not as bad as so-and-so down the road. I bet they're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. But that becomes performance driven, right? So, mm-hmm. so grace has no performance about it. it. There's no measurement to it. This is why Paul has to address the church and say, don't insult God's grace. Right. Because it is so radical. It is so unbelievable on how God is allowing us into the kingdom. And it just blows our mind. It's like, well, God it's almost like in this one sense, well, then who can't be saved? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, that's exactly the point. Everyone can be. They mm-hmm. just have to receive the Christ. It is that simple. And the grace is so radical that we go, well, wait a second. And Paul has to warn them. Now you can insult the grace of God, right? Like you can, you can, you know, do things that would be like, I, Oh, I'm going to get forgiveness later. And like, you know, you have this, insulting you know like a danger there but it's but in that situation like i'm i'm in total agreement i think i don't think you can sing your way out of the kingdom i think what happens is it's always about your choice of loving or not Mm -hmm. if you choose to not love the lord that's a choice Mm -hmm. if you choose Mm -hmm. to love the lord i think this is why jesus is saying to the apostles, right? Like there's these, there's these conditional statements. These conditional statements are fully based on your choice. Mm-hmm. Like your decision. Okay, if I love the Lord. But but to your point, Chad, you can't sing your way out because Paul even asked the question in Romans 8. At the end of Romans 8, he goes, what can separate me from the love of God? And he goes through everything he can think of. Yeah. And there's nothing that can separate him from the love. So God's not going to stop loving you. But I am I am of the opinion when I read the scripture that we can choose to end the relationship if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. Because love is based on a choice. Right. Otherwise, well, it's not love, right? Like love has to be based on a choice. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And, you know, you can you can't send your way out of salvation, but you can send your way out of a good, good, healthy relationship with with God. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. like you can, you know, if you just lift in sin every day and you, yeah. you, you know, like, you know, yes, you may still have salvation, but you're not going to experience any of the blessings or you're not going to walk in the word. And, you know, and God wants you to be the best version of yourself, right? You can't do that and sin. Right. 
Right. Like if you like right. if you watched your if you watched your child hurting themselves, you're gonna want to stop them. Like, hey, don't do that. That's not good for you. And that's all based on love, right? Like mm-hmm. that's a love situation. So mm-hmm. you know, right? God, God's 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 love is the word. So if we're doing anything, you know, if we're doing anything that takes us away or draws us away from the word we're drawing ourselves drawing ourselves away from his love mm-hmm. that's mm. right by our we're choice gonna, <laughs> we're gonna have to draw ourselves away from this conversation because i don't know what the time we started but we've been going for a while and i bet we're over 40 minutes now but uh it's been great though fantastic um you know we just kind of started out didn't really have a topic in mind and Turned into something wonderful. It was anything goes tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Those sometimes turn out to be the best too. But I tell you, I really liked last week's, what you guys did with the parable, the divided kingdom. It was really good. Robert really loves that. his parables, man. Hey, yeah. yeah. Parables are great. Yep. Everybody great. loves a story. Everybody yes. loves a story. That's right. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, Robert, you're not going to be here next week because of VBS. Is that correct? correct. Yeah. All right. And uh, we're going to, we're not doing this next week, but we're going to take a week off here pretty soon. I will let you know when, you know, when I said that in church last, the next week, there were so many people in church and they're like, oh, I thought you weren't going to be here. It's <laughs> <laughs> Like, no, I said in two weeks, I'm not going to be here. <laughs> so. I got to be careful how I say that now. (laughs) But anyway, uh, thanks for joining in tonight, everybody. And uh, thanks for the conversation, guys. It was really good. And uh, Chad and I will be back next week. Yep. All right. Good night, everybody.